and we are live. GM, GM, everybody. Hey, Diego. Hey, Steve. How are we doing? Awesome. Thank you for having me. Life's Good morning, good. everyone. Life's good. Life's good. We've been waiting for for a long time. GM, everybody. BD, bon dia, bonjour, BJ, and good morning, y'all. Coming to you live from America. <laughs> this is not the usual backdrop. For those of you who are joining in live, I am in North Carolina, North Kakalaki, home of Trees Hot Sauce, the Carolina Reaper, which is personally delightful for me. And Steve, Steve coming to us live from Silicon Valley. It's 5 a.m. in the morning. Steve, what were you doing? Why didn't you just tell us to piss off? <laughs> now this is so exciting time this is uh time you need to hustle hustle wake up early so um the, the, i wanted to you know use this opportunity and have a chat with you guys and um talk about the interesting stuff that's happening in silicon valley dude i appreciate that i mean you're one of those hyper productive startup influencer all of the above type of people. So you've probably already been up for an hour. You've eaten three protein breakfasts, done a million push-ups. Coach and hour. also arranged your meetings for the day. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Coach hour. <laughs> Coach ice plunge. Oh, they're both. Uh, I mean, it. Diego, like, have you done your ice plunge today? <laughs> literally woke up 10 minutes before this, but uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what we say to the rest of the world. Yeah, I... Perception is everything. Those man. listening on podcast, they'll never notice. They'll never notice. Perception yeah. is everything. <laughs> Just between us. Just between us. How's place. Portugal? Are you alive and well? You're you're in the cave. The Wi-Fi is low. The new rig isn't up. The microphone is the headphones. You've gone back to being Gonzo. Gonzo Diego again. You got it. You got it. It's been a month of no internet running all my meetings on hotspot. It's been so much fun, I can tell you. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> apart from that, life's good, man, life's good. Surf is up uh, despite the, the weather, despite the summer. Uh, but yeah, like, life's good. Nice, man. I'll be back home in a couple of days and we'll get out back into the ocean. Steve, this is the conversation that everybody has been waiting for. Everybody is either deeply, deeply terrified or deeply, incredibly excited about the rise of AI. And to be clear, you've been talking about AI, big data, machine learning, data science in general for more than a decade, right? This is, this, you, this is not new news to you. Are you just sitting back and feeling like, yeah, I saw this coming. This is normal. This is okay. Everything is fine. Or genuinely, were you surprised? by the, the, the speed and the rise and the amplification of AI in the last, I want to say 12 months. Yeah, I didn't see this coming, to be honest. Like, uh, as you said, I've been in this field for some time. I guess um, 15 years ago, I started learning and understanding what is data science and uh, putting it in practice. Um, it, it was called back then data mining, which is right now a little bit of mixture of uh, blockchain and AI at the same time. I, if I say that I was in data mining, it's like, dude, you were in, in um, Bitcoin way before, like 15 years ago, probably by Satoshi together. But what, what happens is that um, the terminology is progress and they call it data science. And then um, AI is kind of a child of um, what we um, um, leveraging data, running the models. I'm not going to go in nitty gritty, but it's still, um, it is part of the same, I guess, field, but no, I didn't see this coming. And as you said, a lot of people are either terrified or they're 
uh, super excited. I'm terrified and excited both at the same time. And that's just because of the power of this technology and what's happening in the field and uh, how transformative it can be. At the same time, it is a little bit too, um, I guess, powerful for many and also for us practitioners. So um, yeah, we would like to also understand what can go wrong and if goes wrong, what can we do to make sure to uh, mitigate the risk or even before uh, going wrong, we put the same guardrails. So um, that's, uh, that's, that's very interesting. Um, a, a lot of us, I guess I would say 80, 90% of the people in this field, they are um, uh, surprised by the speed and by the, uh, the way people are reacting to this new technology, generative AI, and um, because it's actually not a new technology, that's one of the reasons that we are <laughs> all like, what happened, guys? Um, so I, I think that's super interesting. And the, the part of that is that we've gone from having machine learning and data science as sciences. And I think we've started to translate things into applications that people can actually use that can, that can start plugging into processes, things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that is exciting, but the speed at which an application can take off these days, right? To get to a million, a billion users is, is so much faster now than it ever was. I think that's where the surprise kicks in. And we talk about that too, because I think the, the application rise of AI has looked very, very different to the application rise of Web3, blockchain, NFTs, and so on. And you know, those of you with a nervous disposition, those of you who aren't used to things changing quickly, who don't like change, who you know, like things to be stable and predictable and so on, get ready, right? Because the pace of yeah. change will never be slower than this. And, and also, if you're that way inclined, this might not be the podcast for you. But stick with us because we're still going to get through it. I can see the comments coming in already. Get in there. Get into the comment section. Give us your GMs. Let us know where you're coming in from. Is there anybody up earlier than Steve? Is it earlier in the morning for anybody? Yeah. I know, Liam, you're out that. there somewhere in the world. You're, you're somewhere on a plane trying to get Wi-Fi to still get in for the POAP. I think he's trying to keep the perfect collection. So, Liam, if you're out there, don't worry. We're waiting for you. We won't drop the POAP until we see you in the comments. And also anybody else waiting for the POAP. Don't worry, it's coming. And a very, very special meme review as well. Diego, did you see the rise of AI coming? How did you feel when as somebody who spends their entire day talking and thinking about forward-looking technologies, innovation, you don't do business as usual. How did you see this? Yeah, I, I find super interesting that, so in short, I, I, I have not, right? Um, I'm far from, from um, an expert in data, data science or, or you know, far from have even scratched the, the, the surface of the possibilities or, or, or the depth of the technology that you know, those, those models are bringing to the table. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily very deep in that space. But at the same time, I've been obviously following from, from a while, uh, you know, the, the implications that can cause, especially within the blockchain space, right? But I have not seen that coming as quick as it did. Uh, I think that what OpenAI has done from a go-to-market strategy has been phenomenal to watch. I think there's so much, and I've been talking a lot about that, right? I think that for blockchain slash crypto slash Web3, get where we want it to be, we need that ChatGPT moment to happen, 
right? And, and that ChatGPT moment was exactly the same than the Google moment back on the day of the beginning of the internet, where you have a very simple UX, there is a one, one bar in the middle of the screen, any person anywhere in the planet, no matter how capable they are from a tech standpoint that has a internet connection and a device can understand and can interact with it. No explanations needed, no masterclass needed, no sign up for my newsletter to know the latest 10 tricks and like nothing, right? So that is incredible. And then from there, what I'm really excited as well from a go-to-market perspective is they were able to deliver a product on which you as someone that is sharing that with your peers has been put on a position of, holy shit, like Anthony, show me AI, right? So people wanted to share it because put that in a good spot because it was so incredible. And then the sort of like the third element of that was also the fact that you can see immediate reaction or immediate results, which are mind blowing results for majority of the people that, you know, have never interacted or don't know enough about AI. And that for me was an incredible formula that they were able to crack from, you know, from day one that uh, the product went live. So I find that extremely exciting and extremely interesting. And I'm obviously taking a lot of notes to see how we can reverse engineer that model to uh, further develop our industry. But, you know, in short, I'm, I'm really surprised and excited. I think that more than, than me ranting about the things that I'm afraid of, I'll love to hear Steve's point of view because he already touched on that. So maybe give us like three things that you and, and the industry are, let's say, terrified of, uh, you know, and, and also super excited at the same time, as you mentioned. I've been listening a lot to, to, to Sam, obviously, from OpenAI and a bunch of other people that are, giga master brains that are you know have been developing this space for a long time and i see their concerns but at the same time it feels to me that everybody's scared and concerned but sort of like keep pushing it forward right so i feel this kind of like dystopian perspective from the outside which is if you guys are so scared and concerned why don't we just you know try to get together and set boundaries so i don't know enough to say but i would love to hear your point of view on that yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like, um, we, we are, um, we are seeing a lot of people talking about, um, very, I guess, aggressive sort of outcome of this uh, revolution, which, you know, it will wipe human humanity and, um, that has their, its own, I guess, um, followers and they are actually very prominent. I'm talking to like they're professors, they are, you know, the top of the field. I cannot, um, by any credential or experience, um, say that I know something that they don't. So that's the reality. But what is happening here, it's more about the timelines. And so everybody is saying that if things happen very quickly, it would be um, catastrophic. Let me give you a couple of examples of those things that you're excited and, and scared of, right? Um, so, for example, it is affecting a lot of jobs. And um, a lot of people are going to be out of job. That's a reality. It's a it's very powerful tool, very powerful technology. It is making things easier. When things get easier, there are less of those people are needed, right? Very simple. Then what happens to those people? We are talking about 
thousands of people or maybe hundreds of thousands of those people that are doing the labor work if the job is related to whatever, like let's say call centers. I don't know if it's like doing something um, that is not very high tech and they all within the next couple of months, they are out. So this is the one of them that is like, you can be excited as an entrepreneur that you can do your job as a solopreneur and you will pay less and then you will be terrified as another human being. Another one would be uh, the bias within these systems, right? Um, and so they hallucinate, they have bias within the system and we are terrified about how it might affect um, companies and people, individuals, uh, they might rely too much on these devices and sorry, in the, uh, these uh, tools and too much on the data they're receiving and the information that they are going to use. So that's, um, uh, that's mostly goes to the concern part and um, uh, the divergent capabilities are also very interesting. And in short, it means that um, these are the capabilities that will uh, come up um, naturally within some sort of, um, I guess, reactions within the um, AI model that is not intended. So let's say you are um, training a model to be a financial advisor. Now, out of a sudden, the model can understand, um, you know, a language that was not trained for, let's say, just randomly, let's say Spanish, right? And it's like, all right, we didn't want to do that, but yeah, that's cool. It's, a, it's an interesting thing to see. And then um, you might think, what else can this model come up with that we are not aware of or we're not measuring? And that's the interesting and terrifying part. The interesting part is that uh, by giving uh, the model a lot of data and a lot of ex exposing a lot of things to the model, um, you would get much more functionalities than expected. And that's what happens to ChatGPT. You know, they, they were not expecting that a model that is only trained to um, guess the next word, that's literally what it is. Is guessing the next word, making a sentence based on that very simple algorithm, it developed such a capability that is now understanding the context, a lot of things behind it, and trying to sometimes we actually believe they're trying to reason, trying to reason, and you might argue that it is. Um, showing some sort of emotions, which is not actually emotion, but it is showing some sort of emotion. And if you go down deep the rabbit hole, you might feel that there is a person behind this uh, system. So yeah, these are a um, couple of things that can be interesting at the same time. Um, it can go wrong in, in some way. That's interesting that it started with a predictive model, right? What's the word to say next? But then what's the word to say next in context? And what was the question? And being able to understand the question. And then from there, you suddenly start being able to create DGen trader bots that talk to you like a, a crypto Twitter person that actually gives you advice on how to spend your ETH. It's, <laughs> the thing here, these, these are just applications. This is just change. And for, for, for all of the roles and processes that can be digitized and automated, 
you also, on the other hand, democratize the opportunity to innovate or the opportunity for entrepreneurs or businesses or even students right, to be able to innovate the processes that they do. People are up in arms about um, using AI to write essays. Right? Well, wel welcome to 2023. As soon as they leave school, they're going to go into a role where they use ChatGPT as a prompt or as um, e existing content or source material from which to then create their essay. They're not be or, the, or, or their work package or their um, brief to a marketing agency or whatever it is that they create. They're going to use that automation. So on the one hand, you know, if you're if you're requiring people to demonstrate skills of writing things out by hand or physically typing, then okay, those skills are going to be tested less. But if you want to apply practical skills that people can use in a day-to-day -day basis or that people will continue to use and prepare you for the real world, which is happening now, by the way, then we need to take a slightly different mindset to that. It is scary. It is different. The existing models we have, the reference models for evaluating people, for identifying talent, even for identifying authentic content. Right? I don't know if you guys get this, but on a daily basis, I get at least two or three bot comments to my post. Right. Somebody takes the whole post, plugs it into an AI and says, write me a sensible response to this, which 99% of the time is nothing more than paraphrasing exactly what I've said in shorter yeah. form with the exactly the same cadence and most likely the rocket moon emoji at the end as well. Um, I, I have know, to I struggle. This. <laughs> yeah. I'm calling, I'm calling it out. I'm calling it out. If you dare to come to my section and do that, like you're getting called out. <laughs> I don't go no, that's it's that's, that's the reality, you know. Like, uh, first of all, LinkedIn algorithm is evolving, as you probably have heard about. They're going for longer form, more deeper sort of insight. And then what happens is the other side also uses the intelligence to beat the the game. And it's like, okay, I used to say, hey guys, thank you. It doesn't count. All right, I'm going to, um, you know, um, level up and write an essay under under your post. But I can't do it every time I see a post. So I'm going to help a little bit of ChatGPT and say I totally agree and paraphrase your whole, um, you know, uh, post. That's it. When when the when the meta tactic is comment warrior. And we, we're here, not here to talk about LinkedIn, but we are on LinkedIn. But when, the, when the, the meta for gaining reach is now comment warrior, because you can't get your, your own content to, to grow the way it used to, then what do you expect is going to happen, right? People are going to automate comment warrior bots and, and they're just going to be able to proliferate nonsense comments. And so then you lose the authenticity in the pure design of the system that you've created. You are, you are optimizing for spam commenting which sucks. Diego, yeah, sorry. It's exactly what's going to happen. No, I mean, I, I, I wanted to touch on a topic since we are sort of like going towards the direction, which I'm really excited to hear what Steven has to say about it. Because in my mind, what's happening with AI right now, and obviously the name of the show today is about the interesting, uh, you know, AI and, and blockchain and uh, how those things will sort of like um, be interconnected, or maybe even some are daring to say that AI just killed Web3 and just killed blockchain. And Anthony and I are now looking for jobs as prompt engineers because there's nothing else for us to do in the space. So my stance on that is that, you know, I, I made a post the other day and that's where the question is coming from. 
is that AI will create opportunities and problems that blockchain might be the best technology to solve it or to tackle it, right? Once I came out and talked about it, a couple of people in the comments came and told me that I was full of shit or that I was trying to hype that to, to jump on the AI hype train and sort of like try, you know, that now the JPEGs are worthless. So you're trying to find like the, the new way to milk new tech. Um, what is your take? Like, could you give us maybe one, two or three uh, use cases that you strongly believe that AI and blockchain together uh, can be extremely powerful. And if, you know, if my perspective is even uh, actuated or not, I'm, I'm absolutely happy to, to have a, a expert criticism on that because that's my point of view, but, you know, I'd love to sort of like have yours and, and also drive the discussion towards that direction. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, first of all, I'm by any means, I'm not, um, um, blockchain or bit three expert. I just love it. I, I wanted to be on top of the, um, new technologies and I followed it for the last two years. So I'm so, so new in this industry. Um, and, uh, I'll, I'll stayed informed, but, um, never ever I'll <laughs> announce that I know anything in this field, but what I can tell you from the AI perspective, which I know a little bit about, um, AI and blockchain or web three, they have never been, um, sort of in, um, competition or I guess, uh, um, against okay. each other because they are in yeah, exactly. There is no conflict because they're different technologies made for different purpose and, um, they cannot replace each other in any way or shape. I mean, just think about it. Like, um, uh, I don't know, like if I want to come with an example, it's like, um, telephones, uh, you know, uh, competing with a uh, motorcycle or something like that. You know, it's just, uh, you can have both. You can have none of them. You can have either of them. That's, that's all good. They're all needed for something. Um, but technologies collaborate and come, come up with different solutions for, um, problems and sometimes complement each other. A lot of times complement each other right um so just think about like ai in vacuum doesn't doesn't do anything if you have an ai model uh by itself it's just a useless piece of you know code sitting somewhere not connected you need the ui ux to be able to surface it you need you know a cloud to to be able to um, host this you need a lot of things in the middle pipelines and data and things like that so, um, in the same way, I think blockchain can, um, uh, complement AI in many cases, like, um, specifically, um, uh, certificate of authenticity, um, identifications, like some, some sort of, um, reliability of the source, in my opinion, can be a good example of what AI can do. So, um, I'm in a conversation with a lot of different folks in different industries. And, and the question here is with all these, uh, generated content, um, how you're going to find the original author, how you're going to make sure that people get, um, get the rights, get, you know, get the, 
paid for what they um, what they originally generated. They can claim the the, uh, the IP. And um, who does this um, IP or uh, you know copyright belong to? These are the conversation that is happening right now. I had a chat with um, um, you know a team from IP Australia. Uh, it's a it's a national government center that looks at the um, patents and copyrights, and they were um, they were asking the same exact question from me, like, well, what should we do? Like, what what is the next uh, step for uh, copyright? Because you know. Seems that we cracked the code for many things. Like when that painting behind Anthony, somebody paints this, just a copyright for that person, and that's it, right? Um, but now there's like a two sentence or one sentence that generates the same thing, and then who owns it? Because if they are equal to one sentence, that's just too short for copyright, and just like a black cat in the street. And now you have the copyright for that. And what does that mean? Is it like if they say little black cat in the street am i violating your copyright lots of conversation is happening in there but i think for the enforcement of that whatever we decide and come up with um we need some technology to be um, um i guess uh, in the same level sophisticated and i believe that's where um, blockchain would be very very helpful and at the same time ai would be very helpful for blockchain as well it will help generate code. You know, I remember back when um, blockchain um, uh, and and I guess uh, NFT and Web3 was booming, a lot of people wouldn't be able to find coders. Like that was a conversation I was having. It's like, yeah. we would like to have coders. Where are they? And I'm like, they are here, but they need to be trained and it takes time. And like, you need to, you want to build tomorrow or today. Um, it's not going to happen. So there was like prices of these coders were going to the roof. And now ChatGPT can help you to generate code faster, still not replacing, but then it is the productivity tool that, you know, next time when you're building your app, you can make it cheaper, faster. You know, that's a, that's a compliment. A lot of other things like the um, algorithms that are generating these um, uh, coins can be modified to be uh, also more uh, optimized, right? This is where AI can help. AI can help to optimize things. A lot of things are being optimized by AI right now. So, um, yeah, sorry, I talked too I much. I think we cracked it. Yeah, that's We awesome. cracked it there, Steve. That, that's super powerful, right? Let, let's put those two things together, right? Because you've got, on the one hand, AI has a trust problem. And blockchain and Web3, which is open source code, has a scalability problem. Not necessarily a scalability problem, but I love the way you described it. Right. On the AI side, we're going to struggle with proof of authentic content. And so how do we identify registries, repositories that are machine readable that can, that can plug into applications and processes that allow us to ensure that the machine person application that is feeding you content has the authority to prove that they are authentic. Right. And that's, that's a blockchain type of opportunity. NFT tokenization as well sits in the same bucket. What I'm really inspired by is what you said around code, because it's not necessarily just the ability to generate code. Um, you know, can, can an AI be faster at interpreting business logic 
and then business outcomes and then translate that into a smart contract in a certain form that works with certain blockchains, right? Whether that be Cardano, Ethereum, Polkadot, whichever it is, whether you want to write in Rust, Solidity, Java, Go, right? Take your pick. There's an AI translation bot for that, right? Translates yeah. natural text into business logic, into smart contract code, super powerful. On top of that, right? And this is, this is the one that I don't think, I, I certainly haven't heard spoken about, but what you've said triggered, triggered it for me was that Web3 in general is an open source domain. The applications, the code, the protocols, the oracles, everything that sits in how Web3 works is open source code. The challenge there is that every day that, that code base is growing exponentially and it is increasingly difficult for humans to interpret, to parse and to identify within that huge code base, the goodness, if, if, if I can create a dramatic simplification. And so the ability to pass through different business logic, different applications, code for different reasons, and to identify the best code or code that works together or to identify code that solves problems that has been created in different ecosystems, right? The Ethereum community might've solved for something particularly around identity or security. Somebody in Polkadot or Cardano might've worked on something specifically related to a certain industry or whatever, and, and smash those two things together and say, well, these, 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 nobody would naturally think to draw the, the line between these two code bases, but actually they could be significantly enhanced if we, if we plug them together and if we were able to translate them to work with each other's respective languages. That, Steve, that's the 1.5 million follower insight that you bring. That was unreal. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's a greatly put it. I mean, that's a great summary. I think um, uh, in one case, I would say that maybe you think AI and blockchain and Web3 are competitive and that's uh, the visibility. That's, that's the visibility that like, staying in the spotlight I and mean, that's the like two brothers and now one of them just um stepped in it's like now it's my time to be in the spotlight but that that's just the hype around it anything like the, the hype might come and go and um these technologies have underlying real i guess um, um applications that will always remain it's uh um it's a matter of time uh, for any of them that will get a little bit extra investment and investors usually want the opportunities to get higher reward. So that's why they just rush into something very shiny. And um, um, that's, I guess that would be one, one way to, to make a funny joke that maybe they're rivals in that sense. I think the technologies were never yeah. rivals. I think the influencers might be rivals, right? The that's people true. who yeah, are clamoring for their views. Yeah, people seeking yeah. attention and trying to monetize attention right now is, is what creates that instead of the technology, right? Yeah, I think I, I step back on that because I have, I have some wild thoughts on something that I'd love to hear your point of view on. I, I love working with a very simple framework, which is now, next, and later. And if we put those two use cases we talked right now, a use case that we can build now and is extremely necessary is exactly what we just said, proof of provenance, right? Proof of provenance of uh, content, for example, that photo of the Pope wearing a pup jacket or Trump being arrested, running through the city of New York, uh, went everywhere and, every, and a lot of people believe that it was true, right? So 
in my point of view, there is a great play there where both technologies together can be integrated uh, through, to prove provenance, right? Super interesting, super exciting now. The next, which is, you know, what Anthony has sort of like alluded and, and, and wrapped incredibly well around is the interoperability of different chains that now can be brought together, plus the scalability that is still being one of the biggest issues for blockchain technology going mainstream, right? Super interesting. The later, which is kind of like down the road, the dream scenario is what's keeping me awake a lot of times at night because I cannot stop thinking about it and I love to hear what you think. In a world where we're moving towards the tokenization of the internet or tokenization of everything digitally, and NFTs obviously is the tip of the iceberg, the eight JPEGs and all the craziness that we have seen last year brought a lot of interest or attention to the space, but also lacked on displaying the depth of what NFTs are capable of. And if you spend more than, you know, three minutes reading headline articles, you would be able to understand that it's much more than just images, right? Uh, with that, with the internet evolving and becoming more and more tokenized, what I'm always thinking about is as soon as agents become the norm where you're going to have your agent and it's going to have this agent, everybody's going to have their agent going about the web and operating on, under someone's behalf to get tasks done, right? Book me a flight, uh, buy a certain thing, sell a certain thing. And that sort of like economy starts thriving, especially on top of the new tokenized internet that we are going towards with Web3. Um, I think there is a very exciting role where cryptocurrencies, for, for example, could play within that ecosystem because I doubt that Deutsche Bank is going to allow an agent have a bank account, right? But you can have a wallet because basically to create a crypto wallet, you just need to click three buttons and you're done. So as the internet evolved towards that tokenized space, agents will definitely become, uh, you know, advanced bots, if you will, uh, to thrive within that ecosystem for transactions, for services, providing, buying, you name it. You have a strong play where automatized smart contracts and transactions happening on the blockchain through cryptocurrency, for example, could become a very powerful team to sort of like bring this way on how we see Web3 or Web69, whatever the number we're going to land, being the next iteration or the evolution of the internet. How do you see that? Yeah, that's a that's a good question because um, I also think about these things as well. I mean, it um, doesn't keep me, um, I guess, awake uh, at night, but it wakes me up in the morning very early. So that's uh, that's a good news. Um, but uh, you know, um, the, the reality is that um, I think Web three or with whatever is, is going to happen, it needs all these bits and pieces together, um, needs a little bit of scalability, a little bit of smartness, a little bit of, you know, um, that sort of the engine behind the blockchain to make sure that democratization is happening, the um, access is there, it's um, understandable by the public, it's quick to um to use you know they these are all the steps you need to go through to make it available and you know some of the things that you mentioned like having the bank account it 
um, is not going to be easy for a, a, uh, an agent. But you know, there are lots of things that you can do with blockchain that uh, would allow certain uh, use cases to become the reality. And these are, I guess, very powerful uh, futuristic, I guess, uh, projects that a lot of people need to think about right now. Um, cause by the time it comes, it's too late. Like today, um, I was in a Databricks summit. So I'm, that's the reason I'm here in San Francisco. Um, apart from meeting a lot of awesome people and being closer to Silicon Valley, which is, you know, right now overhyped about this, uh, particular generative AI, um, technology and, um, Databricks acquired a company that helps generating generative AI. Um, and that company is like around three years old. So just think about ChatGPT came um, and became popular um, like in a year or something around that. Um, and they were much, much earlier. And they said that, you know, people were laughing at us or they were making fun of the, the idea of like, you need to make generative AI. And that was not even popular. So um, they got a 1.3 billion check for uh, less than three years of the work. So not too bad for a business, right? Um, I would say that that's the lots of opportunities are hidden and a lot of people are um, working towards that. That doesn't look like that it's going to come very early. It doesn't look like that it's... Um, it is something that would um, come to fruition very quickly, but these are the real opportunities. If everybody understands the opportunity and everybody believes that it's going to be great tomorrow, it is a lost opportunity because everybody's doing it now. Love that. I wonder then, are we all going to become AI influencers? Are we going to become AI and blockchain influencers? Or are we just going to become digital transformation influencers? Right. I mean, this is this is the fun thing that I've 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 tried to explain as much as possible that you you can be for a particular technology or you can have a particular depth of understanding about one thing. And that's that's okay because specialism is important, right? That's why the human race has been able to advance in some ways, but that's very linear. And actually the path forward now is going to become increasingly non-linear. I saw one of the comments actually Patrick putting that in is that the benefit of AI is that it is able to identify links between opportunities and systems. Um, and, and increasingly that, that foresight will become stronger. The ability to identify problems will be, or, or will have better context than a human will. Right? If you work in finance or if you work in logistics or you work in the airline industry, for 20 years, you can learn the problems really quickly in a way that chat GPT may just not pick up particularly quickly, or at least you'll be able to understand what's the problem with how it works. But an automation, an automated system may be able to identify, well, the, air, the airline industry feels a little bit like the shipping industry, which has similar problems to the software industry. And if we manage to do these certain different things, here's the answer. Here's, here's how you create democratized, low cost, high, high opportunity, high authenticity air travel whatever else it might be, those non-linear lines, right? the ability to identify non-obvious opportunities will become increasingly important. And the more that we specialize as individuals, the more that we focus or the more that we are maximalists on a particular one thing at one time, we are, we are stepping further and further away from the ability to draw links 
between opportunities, between technologies, between um, places where we can have an impact. And eventually the nonlinear thinking will probably make us less relevant. And so maybe my hypothesis for this is that we need to be expanding and thinking about more processes, systems, and technologies rather than less. And we need to be able to do that faster. So maybe we all need to become multi-technology influencers, but enabled by AI. That's, that's the meta. That's a good one. Yeah, I loved it. I totally agree. And it, <clears throat> the conversation is AI is going to probably be there in every corner and every part of the application because just making things easier for you to do, you know, it's like electricity. It's, I'm connected to electricity. These are working with electricity. I don't know. Everything is here with electricity. Um, that's, that's one of the enablers of um, many technologies. I think um, what we are hearing right now in, in, um, in San Francisco that everybody's just thinking how they can make sure they can find another use case or plug it in into another application um generative ai in anything that's uh, that's the conversation we are having with people and um as you said like that means that essentially we are all going to be exposed to these kind of technologies and um we need to be aware of it um not necessarily we're going to be experts um in this and i don't think it it it's it's going to be I think it's going to be much, much, much difficult in future to be expert in something very niche, um, just because it's um, so many things that you need to be aware of and you need to be on top of to be able to do your work. So um, maybe we are all um, we are all influencing people. So we are all influencers of something. Um, it's just different. Uh, I guess uh, that we, we have probably different sides of influence uh, on, on uh, the public. To make to make this go. influence very actionable, especially right now, I'd love to hear from you, uh, Stephen and Anthony. Uh, maybe one, two, or three, however you prefer, ways on which you're using AI in your daily life right now that has sort of like you know fundamentally improved uh, your your work, your lifestyle, whatever whatever it is. Uh, I'd love to sort of like understand the ways you guys are looking at that because I see a lot of people, uh, you know creating content, the classics, you know, 10 things that you should know about AI. This 15 years old is making 500 grand a month with AI and you aren't, here's why. Um, what in fact you guys are using and how you're using it to, uh, you know, to, to, to make your life better in a way. Maybe, uh, maybe Anthony start and then Stephen pick up on that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm writing exactly those articles on Buzzfeed and I'm getting paid like a cent per, a cent per article now. And so oh, I'm making millions from writing, from so shit posting you, you on my You are the guy having that, that banner saying like the, the. I am that guy. Media industry hates this. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. No, I, so there's a few, there's a few different ways. I think I'm, I'm definitely using generative or sort of content generation. So imagery for slides, for posts. I'm, I'm enjoying the art, the artistic side of turning words into images. Um, I haven't gone into creating moving stuff yet, but um, some of the posts you might see from me lately around some of the jobs that we have available in, in my team, I said, what I really want is I want an image of the ideal person that I want on my team, right? I want, I want to represent the feeling 
of what it would be like for someone to realize that there's a job opportunity open. I want the exact persona that I'm hiring for to be the image in the, in the, in, in, in the post. And, and I can't find that from Google images. So instead of going to Google images and just you know, probably illegally copying someone's photograph that I probably shouldn't be using, I'm creating original content. And so I'm able to create more relevant um, images on posts that will hopefully attract a better audience. So far that's going well. Second one for me is I'm a strategist, right? And so I've spent most of, most of my career reading up on industries, going through briefings, reading reports and documents to be able to summarize what are the issues, what are the drivers, what are the barriers, who are the constituents of this particular industry. So particularly around Midnight, which is the, the blockchain platform that I'm working, working with and, and responsible for strategy and marketing for at the moment, I'm shortcutting what it takes for me to learn about data protection and privacy issues in different industries by getting a briefing from an AI instead of having an analyst or somebody who traditionally would go and read a bunch of reports and create me a bunch of slides. I can now short that, shortcut that into a couple of prompts and that saves me a bunch of time and allows me to be more effective. That's probably two examples right there, but Steve, I'll, I'll give you your, I'll, I'll give you yours. And especially, you know, I'd love to hear more about generative AI, the business, right? That's what you're actually doing. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, um, yeah, you, you actually mentioned like some of the, I guess, most, um, use case, most used use cases or most interesting popular use cases for generative AI. I'm, I'm also leveraging it for specifically summarization and getting the brief, like lots of news coming from everywhere. And just like the FOMO is crazy. You don't, you don't know, like what are you missing? So every morning I need to get a sense of what is happening in the world. And if the great article comes up, you know, with the time and, and um, you know, all the um, information that is out there, it is very difficult sometimes to read the whole thing. You want to get a gist of it and see if you really want to go deeper. Um, even for YouTube videos, I'm doing it right now. I'm guilty of sometimes uh, leveraging these uh, tools to get a summary of a keynote that is on YouTube. It will take you two hours to watch it, even if you go very quick with, um, um, still would take you uh, some time. Um, the air flight is helping. So sometimes I just put the headphone and listen to something that is very lengthy still. Um, and, uh, generating code is also an interesting one that I'm experimenting with and I'm trying to understand more how it's helping. What are the opportunities? Because also I'm looking at the risk as well and, and generative code by AI is definitely one of those areas that is a, is a concern for, um, for some of the practitioners. So I'm, I'm trying to, um, get a better sense of where we are right now with that. And, um, and you know, as you said, like, I'm trying to stay, um, current with, with the news, but I'm now, I guess, um, I'm doing it. Like, uh, we just announced our new platform. It's a generative AI marketplace. So we are very excited about that. Um, as you can see, like we started a page, um, like around, um, a year ago, it's called generative AI on LinkedIn. And, um, we got a pretty decent, um, number of followers and people are very excited about the news and things that we published. So we thought that's a natural move to be able to serve this 
community even better by you know showcasing um, the latest products lots of these products coming out and it's sometimes confusing like what can help you what is there what came um, new for your use case or for your particular I guess uh, field so that's the next step for us and um, we have some ambitious um, plans for that um, that might uh, look uh, too ambitious right now but we will be uh, doing something very soon, collaborating with some of these providers, big providers, and um, bring an aggregated system that will allow you to pick and choose between these uh, models and toggle between them as you go. So that would be an interesting to see how it will collaborate in one place. You would have access to many of these um, agents, bots, applications, LLMs that will be on your fingerprint and um, it's more ease of use access and collaborative so um, these are the things that i'm excited about um, right now and um, lots of them are actually useful for people they're leveraging it like the one that generates a resume is particularly very very helpful i'm not in in a need for a resume at this point i might need to uh, but uh, and uh, that's uh, that's going to be something that um, a lot of um, younger professionals are using. Love that. And at the point where we start seeing aggregation, that's when I think we start seeing the real pickup and people engaging with technologies more. We're still lacking some of that in Web three, but that you're starting to bridge that gap in um, in AI and generative AI. I think that's super powerful because the sooner you can you can make it easy for people to get access to multiple things in a way that's consumable that's when you get more adoption and that's also when you get more interesting collisions so shout to you for doing it diego liam has just landed yeah. he's made it he's made he's it, made it. we've been we've been waiting for him and he's here so time's now <laughs> when when part diego now now let's let's celebrate the fact that he's around we appreciate you liam and you got it. Let's, do Let's go. Scan that screen, people. For those Scan of you who screen. are listening on the podcast and who don't understand what it is that we're doing, this is this is POAP time. This is the this is this is the celebration, the recognition that you were here with us when we first started talking about AI taking over the world. This was the this was the day when Anthony and Diego gave up Web three and became AI influencers. This 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 is the celebration of that moment. Steve, thank you for being the one welcome, to, welcome show us, to show us right. <laughs> actually i i love that um a lot of people trying to you know leverage this momentum and pivot a little bit i that's all right it, it's uh um it, it is time for um you know anybody to learn about ai and whoever's advocating and talking about it totally welcome not necessarily everybody would be expert in a couple of days but uh advocating is always great and uh, uh i guess uh, informing more people about the good side of the ai uh is welcome i think we, we, we joke exactly. a lot about that we joke a lot about that but i think that the difference is the way you're positioning yourself right of course i mean anthony has held a, a speech on on generalism and, and all of that being sort of like the future for for you know uh tech influencers if you will 
and 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 that's obviously is important but i think that the way you position yourself is is the problematic especially within linkedin right um i see people just shifting expertise from one day to another and that's i think yeah. where the issue lays right if you if you're interested if you're enthusiastic if you are hungry for knowledge oh my god like that is what drives the world forward right growth mindset and people that want to learn every day to make their lives and other people's lives better that's incredible but i think the positioning sometimes is what uh you know gets gets a little bit uh, difficult to to digest because you see the same people being expert on everything and nothing at the same time and trying to monetize uh, other people that are trying to truly learn from someone that has experience and i think that's the problem because that's detrimental to the industry i was very vocal about that during the nft web3 hype last year because not because i wanted the attention but rather because it was so concerned that those so-called experts and so-called consultants and advisors that are working with the brands are driving them to the wrong direction, which is going to be detrimental for the industry, which is going to make our work, our work much harder to accomplish because we don't know everything, but we have experience and we are trying to push the industry to evolve and get better day by day. And those people, a lot of times are making our, our, our job harder, right? Um, a lot of times the way I see it is if you really want to learn something and if you're enthusiastic about it, just shut up, sit down, listen to who knows it. And whenever you form your point of view, you're more than welcome to, uh, you know, share and, and, and give takes. There is no, there is no, uh, no one should be telling what others should do, but you just need to be mindful of how those conversations are happening because at the end of the day, it can be very dangerous for, for the industry as a whole. No, hundred percent agree. I mean, there's nothing worse than, um, selling the snake oil, a, in the, I guess, uh, uh, in the crazy hype um, time where people are jumping in without thinking. So um, there's a lot of chance for people to misunderstand um, things and uh, follow something that is not actually um, either safe or proven or smart. And when you're not an expert, you need to overhype something and you need to do something extra in order to get attention. And I do see these things happening. They, they need to inflate or add extra enthusiasm to what they're sharing. And those titles, the cringy titles that you mentioned, they come from a lot of these people that they say that we are experts, just like, uh, programming is dead. That's the title. Yeah. I'm like, bye-bye oh, doctors. AI took over. Bye-bye yeah. healthcare. Like it's just, it's, it's just hard. Is, uh, but I don't know, engineers, rest in peace, doctors, like what, how, I, I was there like in, uh, in, in a conference in Silicon Valley and nothing happened there. Probably these guys have access to something super powerful. And, um, that's unfortunately, that's not a good way to, um, to talk about these technologies. We, definitely there is a more reality to what is happening in blockchain, web three and AI than what is being um set by um i guess influencers or whatever you call them there we go make it make sense give us context give us value give us examples help people understand help people get up the curve faster because if you don't chat gpt probably will with that being said we're nearly at time diego do we have time for meme review i think we just did and 
but <laughs> I, think, I think that was kind of it, right? Do you want to go through one of them? Should we do one? Just, just okay. Steve, just for, just for, know, the, for, just for the culture. For the, time, just for the, for the culture, culture, we do we do a meme every week and there's no shortage of AI and Web3 memes out there. So Diego, awesome. as a final thought, take it away. Yeah, I'll uh, take the plot down in 10 seconds. So hurry up All in right. your site if you haven't claimed yet. And uh, and let me go there. There you go. There are more people scanning. All right, people, people grabbing the pop. In the last, the last Five minute, the last possible chance to grab it. Liam Four. already DM me that he's got it. Three. Made it. <laughs> From Real a legend. taxi in New York in the tunnel with the POAP. <laughs> That's how communities are built, isn't it? That's it. That's it. There's there's another here comment here from Kristen saying, "Oh, there it is." <laughs> For those who are listening in on the podcast, <laughs> this is this is the 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 young boy throwing Woody from from Toy Story away. Tech companies after Chat GPT throwing the metaverse Woody into the bin. I don't want to play with you anymore. That's it. That's my <laughs> Disney voice. I'm retiring. I'm done. <laughs> voice actor. That's great. I can that's see been, that. That's yeah. been the case, right? That's been the case. It's exactly. interesting. The metaverse and is dead again. One thing that I'm, <laughs> I'm working with Fortune 500 brands, and a lot of times they're still struggling, and, and you know, I'm trying to be more and more vocal about it, is that there is that sort of like either or mentality, right? And we cover a lot of that throughout this podcast, but it's kind of like either is the metaverse or is NFTs or is blockchain or is AI or is... It can it can live all together, right? I just I just made a post today talking exactly about that, right? The block, blockchain being the the sort of like the rails of the the next iteration of the internet or the backbone, and then the metaverse or immersive reality, uh, you know, virtual worlds, however you want to call it, being the interface and everything in between as upcoming technologies, being technologies that will help us experience the internet in a better way, right? You don't need to be attached to the term. But what really matters and what 8 billion people around the planet are going to really give a fuck about is, is my experience in the internet better? And if it is, regardless of the technology, that's the goal. 100%. There we go. It is not either or, it's and, people. And on that bombshell, I think we've got to close it. Steve. Thank you so much for getting up so early. I can see the sunrise starting to come on, the sunlight yes. starting to come onto your face. Literally. I appreciate Beautiful. you getting up so early for us. Absolutely banging insights, some real clarity on AI. It is not AI or blockchain or AI or cloud, AI or NFTs. It's all of them, people. Get out there, start learning. Use some of the tools we've got to accelerate that learning if you can. Go check out Steve. If you're not already one of his 1.5 billion followers, please go and jump in, go check out generative AI that he's working on as well, a way that will get more people excited, interested in using it. Um, so Steve, shout to you, Diego, I'll be in Portugal soon, my friend, I'll see you this weekend. Stay safe, get your Wi-Fi sorted. We got one more episode until the end of the season, right? The last one is coming next. So get your Wi-Fi sorted before that. And maybe we'll do one side by side. Maybe. Let's see. Awesome. All right, my Thank guys. Have a brilliant, brilliant weekend, everybody. We'll see you soon.